2: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. This is Locked On Utes. That is Brian Brown. I am Jay Catch. Brian,
0: what is up? It's Friday, Jake. I'm excited. Utah got a win in basketball. Mm -hmm. What is happening? Is 2021 changing around on us? I I don't want to get too optimistic, Jake, but good things are happening
1: today. So far, so good. Yes, you're right. Uh, Utah does pick up a win. What else are we going to cover today,
0: Brian? We're going to talk, obviously, about the big win from Utah basketball. We're also going to pivot a little bit to more of the story with Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville. The rumors have been out there for a while about Morgan Scally possibly joining him as a defensive coordinator. How realistic do we think that is? And what could the possible consequences of, of Urban getting hired at Jacksonville be for the University of Utah, not just in, in the case of losing Morgan Scally? Obviously, we'll recap what's coming up this weekend, including gymnastics having a huge meet at Oklahoma. Women's basketball playing at number one or playing number one Stanford, yeah. and then obviously the running Utes men's basketball playing Cal on Saturday. Yeah, so plenty to get to. Today's podcast is brought to you
1: by our good friends at BetOnline.ag. We love that company. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's show. What do you say, Brian? Should we get it going here? I like to party my name is Rod, Jake. <laughs> All right. Friday, Friday. Got to get down on a Friday, right? Let's do this thing. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for January 15th, 2021. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics, football, basketball, but everything—Red Rocks, women's hoops—we got it all covered for you. I'm Jay Catch. That is the Brown Bear in the chair himself, Brian Brown. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utes each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Want to remind people, Brian. Leave us a rating and review. Those five-star ratings have been rolling in. We've got a good amount of them, but they've kind of tailed off in the last week or so, it feels like. We'd love to get some more five-star reviews. But also, more importantly, hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. There's a whole litany of other podcast providers out there. Make sure you follow along and join us every single day.
2: The,
0: the reviews are really my favorite part of this because we have really creative listeners and they come up with creative responses. Uh, somebody called this a magnificent, magnificent work of art. Uh, I don't know if I'd really trust that person's taste so much, but we're happy, happy to be here. We love doing it. We're, we're putting it together every single day. And, uh, you know, like, I, I don't see Banksy doing a daily podcast, so maybe it is. Good point. Uh, if people saw the Zoom call, they would definitely not call this a work of art. I can
1: tell you that much. There's a reason yeah, why both I of us. I do need a haircut, Jake. Well, Thank I, you for letting no, me know. I, I'm just saying, you and I both, we both got faces for radio. That's why we both work for a radio station. We work for the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City. And, yeah, there's a reason why we have we don't have the, the front-line jobs in TV, et cetera.
0: Buddy, the beard is not optional. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> there
1: you go. All right, Brian, let's talk some hoops. Uh, kicking off today's show, Utah decided to flip the script after back-to-back games where they seemingly just repeated themselves, take a 10-point lead at halftime, and then give it away in the first five minutes of the second half. Try and rally. Doesn't happen. You lose back-to-back games it was a four game losing streak going into this game against stanford yesterday the number two team in the pac-12 well utah decided you know what we're gonna take a lead and we're gonna keep the lead and they roll
0: to a 79 to 65 victory i think the biggest story out of this is that they didn't hit the 10 point mark at halftime and so that's probably why they won right maybe so maybe that's <laughs> the magic number avoid avoid 10 point leads at halftime utah moving forward here but all we, the, we, yeah go ahead I was just going to say we talked in our preview that Stanford was not an offensive juggernaut by any stretch that they were going to try and shut you down defensively. And I think that's really what Utah did is they managed to, to stay on top of the Stanford defense and get enough points on the board. It wasn't pretty by the end of it. And they had a chance to really blow them out, but they didn't, they kind of let them back into it a little bit there. But I thought overall it was a pretty considering where we've been Jake we should all be sitting on the rooftops praising hallelujah because they got a win, and they, yeah. they managed to do it for the entire course of a game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this was not a game that was a pretty game. 50 total foul calls between these two programs. I think a combined 60 free throws were shot. Uh, so it was a very much a game that was very haphazard, kind of just stop, start, m- type of deal but I do need yeah I'm with you we should be tipping our cap to Utah this was a good win for them this is not a win that you you say okay yeah whatever no the fact that you were on a four game losing streak you've been struggling for a good little bit here to beat the number two team in the Pac-12 and to do so by double digits yeah you you, you just got to tip your cap to what Utah did I, I was really really impressed with the overall effort in this game
0: that's the the one thing that I think you you can look at things from a basketball perspective, especially if you have a deep basketball knowledge, but the casual fan is watching these games and they can see the lack of effort in the second half. I think it was abundantly clear against Oregon and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why doesn't this team care? Now there's multiple reasons for that, right? Sometimes it's the other team turns it on and and you lose that momentum, that confidence. It's really hard to get it back. Sure. Um, The other thing too, is that, I think sometimes teams just fall into bad habits. And and so whatever it was that Larry Kriskoviak has done from Oregon to now winning against Stanford, he's starting to get them out of those habits. And, and yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily that they're playing more guys in the first half. It, it doesn't seem like the rotations have changed that much. It is still very much a Larry Kriskoviak coach team. And I understand that there's not a lot of, Supporters of his left out there anymore. That's not really something that I have any say in, but I can tell you what I see, and that's the team is still making progress, and that's a good thing. I think, regardless of your stance of what's happening with the head coach, you can still be excited about progress with your team.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with a couple of guys in this game. Uh, first off, Timmy Allen, uh, ten to twelve from the free throw line, leads the team in scoring with twenty two points. He had a good showing. Uh, I wonder what got into Brandon Carlson. I saw a tweet on social media yesterday saying that whenever Stanford shows up on the schedule, Brandon Carlson turns into a superhero status. But very impressed with Brandon Carlson off the bench. 24 minutes, 5 of 7 from the field, 12 points, 4 rebounds, but more importantly, 4 blocks. He was masterful, I felt like, on the defensive
0: side of the, of the ball. He's had 12 total blocks against them in three games, and that's uh, just absolute domination. That's the kind of basketball player that he should be. And and that's really, I think, when you're looking at this team, I think part of what's been so disappointing uh, as a fan is that you expected he and Ryland Jones to take big steps. Yeah. You knew that Alfonso Palmer was going to be a microwave and that he was going to come in and do just what what he's done all year. You know what I mean? He He's really been... I don't know if he's necessarily the most consistent, but he's been one of the more consistent players for the Utes. Had 16 points, two assists, two rebounds, had a steal, uh, three for seven from from three point land. Hit three big free throws, yeah. um, which I think was a big, you know, a big boost when they really needed it on that foul in the corner. You know, Timmy Allen was his regular Timmy Allen self, 22 points. He got to the line more. I think that was another thing that Utah did really well in the second half is they got to the line. Yes, You can see that this team does really well when they're matched up with teams that are equal to them in terms of athleticism. As soon as the athleticism goes above what they're at, that's where they really struggle. And I think great teams are able to compensate for athleticism with excellent basketball play and excellent execution and excellent shooting. And right now, this basketball team doesn't have any of those. So as long as they can match you know, athleticism for the most part or out-execute teams, I, I think Cal's going to be a great example coming up. And we'll talk about that in a minute. You know, Cal's not a team that's playing great right now. And so as long as you can out-execute those teams, even if they are a little bit more athletic – then you have a shot. But that Oregon game just stands out to me because I didn't, I didn't see them believing in themselves that they could do any of that.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that point. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We will preview the Cal matchup here in just a little bit. We do need to get a little bit of an insight on what to expect from the golden bears, but I, Right now, I, I'll give you an early preview. I think Utah can win two straight games here. That's my my, that's my honest assessment. We'll get to more of that here in a moment. We do need to f- flip over and talk a little of the football side of things. Urban Meyer, former Utah head coach, now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Could his search to fill out his staff affect the Utah football program? We'll get to more on that here in just a moment. But we do need to take a minute first and talk about our good friends at betonline.ag, Brian. Uh, we talk. about... About this company a lot uh, i had a person actually mention to me uh, it's probably was it wednesday uh, they reached out to me on social media and said you guys talk a lot about this betting site fill me in more on this i'm like well it's real simple just go to betonline.ag check it out see what they've got uh, the best part is it's a free account to sign up you don't have to pay anything to sign up but right now betonline.ag wants to take care of all of our listeners and give you free money how do they do that
0: brian you just go to betonline.ag, you set up the account, it's super simple. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of information required, like you don't have to give them a, a DNA sample, there's nothing like that that's required, you don't have to, you can set it up however you want it, sure. um, it it's super easy, Like I let me stress this, it is easy, you just go there and do it. And then you enter in that promo code locked on when you hit that first deposit and whatever, whatever you're putting in there. So you got a hundred bucks that you want to spend, say, you know, um, then you're going to get 150 in the account. And, And that's when you start having the real fun. And I don't I'm not necessarily a huge gambler. But what I really love is that we have live sports back yeah and I want to have a little bit of an interest in what's going on more so that and hockey's back man I'm super excited for hockey you were tweeting about it last night I've had friends that have been trying to get it, get me into it for a years yeah. I'm gonna try and do that I guarantee you if I have a little extra on the line for that, I'm going to be watching a lot more hockey. So that's kind of my plan.
1: Yeah, you will get more invested. There's no doubt about it. So if you want to get off the couch and get in on the action, go to betonline.ag. Like Brian said, sign up for that free account. When you make your first deposit, use the promo code locked on, get that 50% welcome bonus, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. It's the best way to go about it, folks. We trust this company, encourage you guys to give them a shot. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Brian, I never thought the day would come that Urban Meyer was actually going to get back into coaching. I honestly thought that he had a good thing going with Fox, being an analyst, uh, being able to kind of like look at football from a 30,000-foot view, break it down, dip in and out when he wanted to, to weigh in on stuff, etc. But you know what? When the call of the NFL comes and what I expect is a pretty large payday, you sign on. So Urban Meyer's back in the game.
0: I don't know that it's necessarily a surprise because the news has been coming out steadily that that he was serious about the Jacksonville job. I think there are some parts to that which are very alluring to him. It's back in Florida. It's an area that he's familiar with. I don't know that it's necessarily Jacksonville that's super enticing to him, but just the fact that he knows what's what's there – it's a team that's kind of in turnover so you can do some things to build it I think it's a new opportunity in coaching it is not college coaching anymore this is the NFL so you're not going to be out recruiting I think I don't want to say that the time commitment is less but I don't think that the enthusiasm and the energy required are quite as 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 strong. I think the culture building is probably a little different as well. You aren't dealing with 18, 19, 20, 21 year old young men here. You're dealing with adult professionals. And so you can interact with them on that level. I think the other thing that's fascinating to me is that Tim kite is basically his culture guru and, they don't like to use the word culture. I don't, Mm -hmm. like it's weird how college coaches like, because they hear it all the time in the media. Now they're starting to drift away from it. It's the old Kyle Whittingham hitting the word narrative. Yep. Um, But they talk about the environment and Tim kite, who is a very well-regarded sports psychologist, mental performance coach. he, He has been kind of urban's foundation. It was, he was the one who came up with the E plus R equals O event plus response equals outcome, which is basically what urban built. Ohio state around what I think helped him transition into this position specifically is the fact that he doesn't have to bring a whole bunch of his college recruiting staff with him. There are guys that wanted to stay at Ohio state with Ryan day. They wanted to be there. They don't have to come with him to Jacksonville. I think he was able, he's got some authority. He's got some ability. He's got some flexibility with that first pick. So if he does want to go get either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I think he'll have that opportunity. If they want to trade down, maybe that's a possibility too. But it is very enticing because it's almost like a clean slate, but with some talent. I think what's really interesting is where he's looking to bring talent with him in terms of coaches.
1: And see, that's where it brings us to our – I obviously – urban's always gonna be tied to utah he had two great seasons here that 04 season will never be forgotten by utah faithful there's no doubt about that but more of the reason why we wanted to talk about urban on today's podcast is because as he fills out this staff his eyes are going to turn to kyle whittingham's staff it sounds like and one name in particular morgan scally
0: yeah, it's a name that's been popping up very consistently and for good reason. I think that Urban knows who Morgan is. He knows how good of a coach he is. He knows that if he's gonna get a head start on on culture, he needs somebody like Morgan who has that charisma, who has that ability to get people to go out and play hard for him. I think the other part of it too is is Morgan is a brilliant football mind. Yes. And it's been proven the Utah's system has evolved, it's developed, they've they've improved it even with the architect of the system, Kyle Whittingham, being there. In fact, I remember last year Kyle talking about how Morgan and Sharif had taken concepts and introduced it to the Utah system to evolve it, and and it's true. They run a lot more cover two than they ever have. They've even run some cover four at times which that was never the case with Utah. He was always single high, yep. man up on the corners. And and so I think that, that all of that stuff makes him a great candidate. I think the fascinating conversation, and I've talked about this already, is the reasons that Morgan would leave. But I want you to talk a little bit about why you think he might leave and go to a place like Jacksonville.
1: So the thing about morgan is obviously the whole situation that kind of played out over the summer and him losing the head coach and waiting role etc having to take the pay cut all of that is in play here let's be clear about that we don't we don't need to shy away from that but pk who we both work with at the zone sports network he is as tied into utah football as as many people are out there and he, he multiple conversations he's talked about this on air that there's a, there's a legit possibility that Morgan may take up Urban Meyer on an opportunity to go join the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reasoning why is be to get more experience, to kind of broaden his horizons. We all know Morgan's backstory. A, a great player in high school at Highland High. Went on to be an All-American at Utah. Just a stellar player. He's been a great coach. But his entire, his entire life has been here in the state of Utah. And I think there are people that wonder maybe he needs to expand out, go out and coach with somebody outside of Kyle Winningham and expand those horizons with the hope that maybe at some point he can come back home. I don't know that this is ultimately going to come to fruition, that he actually goes and joins Urban's staff, but I can totally see the thought of, okay, this is why him going and joining a staff like Urban's there at Jacksonville might make sense
0: it does and i think it, you can't talk about this without with with and ignore what happened over the summer yes. right I, it, and it's been broken down and discussed so we don't need to get into the the nitty-gritty of it but just the reality is is that everywhere morgan scally goes he has a stigma of, mm-hmm. of that incident with him you know especially with, in the college game absolutely or, yeah. and I've heard that for multiple recruits that it was used against Utah, it didn't seem to matter with the guys that they really wanted. You know, I did talk to some recruits and they said, yeah, I, I considered what it was, but you talk to Morgan and and that kind of stuff is resolved very quickly. And he had a lot of time to think about it and he was very contrite. I think he will continue to be so, but I guess what it comes down to is this, like, what are your goals is, are your goals to be a head coach or is your goal to be the head coach at Utah? Because I think there are two very separate and distinct things. And we've seen it over the years that there are plenty of guys that want to coach, but they only want to coach here in state. They don't want to go elsewhere. I think Aaron Roderick is a great example of that. And I fully understand that because it's a really tough job when you're going from location to location. It's hard on families. It's extremely hard on marriages. I have friends that have gone from in one year from Houston to North Carolina to Indiana State to Dallas for jobs. Yeah, that's four moving trips.
1: Yeah, and that and that's that's tough if you, if you got a family. And you and I both know we're both guys from Utah. We get the allure of staying in this state and raising your family here and having your family here, all that stuff. I completely get all of that. But you're right; there is a stigma that is going to be used against a guy like. Morgan Scowley so long as he stays at Utah and stays in the college game and I'm not saying that he's going to leave for the NFL and never come back to college I'm, I'm let me be clear about that but I think there's a possibility and it's just maybe me talking about this out loud my hope that it happens that he goes to the NFL if he has success working with Urban or whatever role it might be defensive coordinator or as a a defensive assistant whatever it is he has success at that level well maybe at that point some of the I guess quote unquote stink from what happened at Utah goes away and it gets forgotten it gets buried a little bit and the success in theory he could have in the NFL could help him in his pursuit of yeah maybe coming back home and succeeding Kyle Whittingham finally whenever Kyle decides to ultimately hang it up
0: I think we've seen it time over time as he's turned down opportunities elsewhere he's turned down urban once before yep. he's turned down Miami he's turned down listen the, the the coaching staff at the University of Utah the current iteration mm-hmm. has turned down a lot of opportunities at a lot of big-name schools Texas last year not- for Morgan. At USC for Sharif Shaw. And I don't think that's one that's been published very much, but I know that one was one. So there's a reason that they all want to stay there. There's a reason why they all want to work for Kyle Whittingham. I remember talking to a staff member at one point in time and asking them, why didn't you ever want to go somewhere? And the only response that they were willing to say to me without divulging too much about it was that Kyle has been really good to me. And that really echoes with me because I think, he is incredibly demanding, but he has built a culture up there that when it attracts the right individuals, they flourish. Look at Colton Swan. Yeah.
1: Well, you can look at Jim Harding. You can look at Kyle McDonald. They're, every one of those coaches on that staff, there's a reason why they like where they're at. Kyle is very good to the people that are close to him. I, I know that both professionally and personally. He is very good to people who are connected to him. So I completely get the whole this whole storyline behind why uh, Morgan may or may not consider a potential offer here from Urban Meyer. But the biggest thing is is... He's going to have that option, it sounds like, and that's where it's going to be interesting to kind of track this and see what happens, because at some point, if that does happen where he ultimately decides, I'm going to go with Urban, man, that's actually going to be a pretty interesting change at the top of Utah's defense, and we'll have a discussion later on about this if it comes to fruition, about who could take over as defensive coordinator Utah, et cetera.
0: There's a whole litany of topics that come along with this story. There are, and, and I think probably the candidates that would be most easy to look at would be Sharif Shah sure. and, and Jay Hill. But at the same time, I think the key to get across here is is if you are looking at who Morgan Scali is and who he wants to be and what he really has, has said over the years and indicated, I don't know that the NFL is the draw or the appeal that it is. We yeah. we already talked about it. He has turned out Urban before. He's always going to Here's the other thing, I feel like that opportunity for him is always going to be there in one way, shape, or another because anyone who knows and has worked with Morgan Scali knows the quality of individual and the quality of coach that he is mm-hmm. and that won't change. What possibly could change is the fact that if he leaves Utah and somehow his his order gets skipped or gets away from the program and, and things change, if he really does want to be here and stay here and, and have that 30 year career, which is so unusual nowadays that could possibly be gone too. And, and we've seen it where this is no longer a job that is just strictly opening up to Utah people, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there are people from across the country that see the university of Utah, see what you can do here. There is a recruiting area that is ripe with big trench players that there really aren't elsewhere. And I think everybody believes the same thing that you can come here You can recruit, you can win. I don't know that it's a sleeping giant in terms of being a national program, but you can be really comfortable and have a lot of success here.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So we'll be sure to track this moving forward. This is a story I think it's going to play out over the next little bit. And we will see, I think there's going to be a decision that Morgan's going to have to make. And, uh, the nice part is, is you, you always want to be wanted. I think that's the biggest thing about it, Brian, and we all we all want that in our lives. So best of luck to Morgan as he figures out what his next move is going to be. We'll talk more about that uh, on into next week, and whenever the timeline plays out, we'll be sure to track it here. We're here with you guys every single weekday, so make sure to stay with us. But coming up here in just a minute, we need to run down everything else you need—you can watch this weekend. Women's gymnastics in action, women's hoops in action, men's hoops against Cal. We'll talk about all that here in just a moment, but Brian, I want to remind people once. Once again, if you guys want to support this podcast, there's one key way you can support us, and that is by leaving us a rating and review, especially if you listen to an Apple podcast. The way the algorithms work with the podcasting and these podcast providers, when people interact with your podcast, guess what? The podcast provider says, hey, that's a popular one. We should promote it to other people. So the way you guys help us out is leave us those ratings and reviews. We want five-star ratings. We want your reviews. And when you guys do that, it helps us find Utah fans and in turn, Utah fans find us. It's, it's really, really convoluted. I don't want to delve too deep into the weeds into it, but you guys can help us out significantly by leaving those ratings and reviews.
0: Believe me, you don't want to know what goes into it. You don't need to know the, the nitty-gritty. Nobody wants to see how this sausage gets made. <laughs> you just want to hear the product. You want to rate it. You want to review it. You want to recommend it to your friends. Yep, so do it. And appreciate you guys' support of that right here on the Locked On Utes podcast.
1: It is a Friday here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Let's look at the weekend ahead for you Utah fans, where you can find other Ute programs and teams in action. Let's start off with women's hoops, Brian. They got a massive, massive game. Number one ranked Stanford coming to town to face off against the
0: Utes. Yep. And, And Stanford is a legendary program. They're one of the best teams in women's basketball this year. So Good luck to our Lady Utes on that one. They're going to need luck yes. uh, because Stanford is just an, an incredible basketball team. But that one will tip off at 1.30 p.m. Our good friend Amanda Smith will be doing the color on ESPN 700 along with Tyson Ewing, mm-hmm. former Locked On Utes co-host. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And our other good friend Eric Jensen actually covers women's hoops for the D- Utah Daily Chronicle. So keep an eye for his coverage in the written form as well.
0: Good friend is in jeopardy right now if he keeps on this Texas kick. Yeah, he, he's a big fan of, of Texas and believes that Sark is going to push him over the top. We'll see about
1: that, Eric. Yeah. If okay, Eric. <laughs> All right. Other things in you, action buddy? this weekend. Uh, women's gymnastics, huge, huge showdown on the road. They're headed to Norman, Oklahoma to take on the Sooners. Uh, man, I really think that this Utah women's gymnastics team has got something to prove this year. It's kind of funny to look back on how long it's been since they've won a national title because it seemed like they had a run there where they were winning them fairly regularly, but it's been a little bit of a drought here. This is a big-time showdown
0: against the Sooners. It is, and this is a young team. They had three... gymnasts make their collegiate debuts last Saturday at the Best of Utah with uh, Jaden Rucker, Lucy Stanhope, and Alani Sabato um, competing for their first time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much that carries over. But like like I said, this is a younger group um, that is mixing in with so, some some more experienced gymnasts. And they do have something to prove in that regard because I think every time you are a veteran of an organization or of a team that are introducing newer players, you want to prove and, and and pass along the culture that you've already developed and and the traditions and and everything like that. And you know, being ranked third in the country, I, this program I feel like has always felt as though it's had a giant chip on their shoulder because they've never gotten the respect that they've deserved Mm -hmm. either from the judges within the pac 12 or from gymnastics Twitter or whatever the gymnastics verse or whatever you want to call it. And I think that this is a group that has a lot of talent. I think it's a very young and old, uniquely balanced organization, I should say. And I think they want to prove that they can go out and, and grab what they believe is rightfully theirs. And I think it's a national championship.
1: Yeah, uh this is a proud program, very strong tradition and legacy, as anybody who listens to this podcast is well aware of. But best of luck to them and Norman. And then finally, uh, Utah is going to finish off a four-game homestand tomorrow night at the Huntsman Center when we welcome the Cal Golden Bears to the Huntsman Center. Brian, I felt like of the four home games that Utah had in a row here, I felt like this game against Cal was their most readily winnable for Utah. And now the fact that they took down
0: Stanford, there's no excuse for Utah to go out and lay an egg against the golden bears there really isn't and that's just what has me scared to death about this game is that this is a game that they should win they should win it handily cal is just really really struggled especially in conference they're one and six right now they're they got throttled by colorado they're going to be on the second second leg of the high what what do we call high elevation the mile high Tournament. trip. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. I mean, we might as well call it the Rumble in the Rockies, or because it's about the same sure. uh, level of enthusiasm for that trip as it is the rivalry, right? But it's that's those are the games where you're worried, right? Because they've had a four game stretch. They've been compacted. Larry made some interesting post game comments about how it didn't. It felt like they had to wait so long to play some of these games, yeah. and it's just like. You know, I, I don't know if, if if it's good that they're in rhythm and then they're improving and then they'll get another game on Saturday or if I'm scared to death of this one. Uh, we mentioned in our pre-show discussion that the uh, BPI has them as a 77% favorite. That's pretty good odds. So <clears throat> betonline.ag, promo code locked on, <laughs> but – that's when i always get nervous is especially with a team like this where for the first time i'm seeing them make progress and make growth yeah so can you carry that over against the cal team that you should beat and, and how do you play with those kinds of expectations
1: yeah it, it will be interesting we'll do a full recap on our monday edition whatever happens but man i just look at this and you go and beat stanford you better be able to beat Cal, that, that is just my personal opinion, but I also get your fear saying, you know what, maybe they're going to come off this high of beating Stanford and be like, hey, we made it, guys. We figured it out. And all of a sudden, Cal's going to come in and, and wipe the floor with them. I, I hope that doesn't happen, but it's
0: a legitimate fear with this team right now it is and it's you know i don't blame any tough in that might want to take a break from this one and maybe go do some errands or something like that or have a nice dinner with a family instead of tuning in it'll be an 8 p.m tip on espnu mm-hmm. just so you're aware for that one uh obviously radio will have a call as well in case you do decide to maybe go for a walk and, and get some exercise and some fresh air uh, to keep your stress levels equal. Yeah, so check it out, folks. Like I said, we'll be back on
1: Monday with a full recap of the weekend that was in Utah Athletics. Maybe by then we'll have some more information on Morgan Scally with regards to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll pass along everything we know as we usually do here on the podcast. Brian, any uh, final thoughts or pieces of wisdom you want to instill on, upon our listeners before we go? Wisdom? Yes, From wisdom. Me?
0: Yes. You are the brown bear in the chair, after all. Man, I like. sometimes you just got to keep your stick on the ice, right, Jake? Mm-hmm. It's all about just keep moving forward, keep that stick on the ice. I like it. I, that's a good way to go out on the week. Thanks again for the support of
1: the podcast as always, everybody. Have a great weekend. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for January 15th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.